everyone and welcome. Hello, my name is Jackie Janik and you are listening to Beyond Small Talk every Thursday at four o'clock Eastern Standard Hour live right here on Jackie Janik. How is everyone doing today and happy Thursday. Again, my name is Jackie. I'm a women's empowerment coach helping women uncover their purpose and define their own path in the world and you are watching Beyond Small Talk. Real women, real conversations, elevating womankind one talk at a time. And today, our co-host, her name is Wally Miller, and her um, IG handle is financially underscore thriving. And we're going to be talking about financially thriving. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like for you? How do women go about doing that? Like, there's so many questions I have. And I'm so happy that she's here to join us and talk about some tips and tools to help women financially thrive. Now I see Benita's on. Hi Benita. Um, we know that you are very good at this and Benita has also helped me at certain points of my life to start financially thriving. So thank you Benita. Hi, I want to say hi to you. So real quick, Wally Miller, she is a financial coach. Wally teaches high achieving women how to be work optional and take control of their finances without sacrificing their lattes and brunches. Like, hello, I can't sacrifice my brunches. I love brunches. It's like one of my favorite, all-time favorite things to do, um, especially in New York. It's like, that's what you do on the weekends. You go with your girls and you have um, brunch. So let's get Wally on one moment. And, ah, like IG moved a little bit their stuff and I can't hold on one second oh there we go I'm inviting her now and ah um how requests guys there you are like my IG changed again and I'm like what is going on okay there we go. There we go. Hello, Wally. Hi, how's it going? Oh, sorry. Hold on. There we go. There you go. There you're. Oh, now you're nice and bright and pretty. How are you? All is well. Thank you so much for having me, Jackie. I'm excited to have this conversation. I have a message thing on and I'm trying to see how I remove that. Um, okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know what happened these past two weeks on IG. I have all these things popping up, and it's a bit different. But I welcome the new features. Just didn't know about them. Oh, yeah, seriously. They, and they also tend to roll out new features to a certain segment of the population. And so it's like, uh, I don't have that button. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then, I'll, then I'm like, Jones, and I'm like, why don't I have that button? You know, but I know I'm not like the big IG yet. Not big yet. Anyway, <laughs> well, welcome to Beyond Small Talk. And I adore your, uh, you know, your intro and your your IG um description of taking control of your finances without sacrificing the lattes or the brunches because I said brunch and me are like I can't live without it I'm a New Yorker through and through in my 20s I probably spent more money on mimosas beers and brunches than well and handbags but besides that <laughs> Yeah, you know, so I yeah, my name is Wally and I'm a financial coach and I help high achieving women who are trying to find that balance between doing what they want today and enjoying life and living, uh, you know, have and building a life that they love without forfeiting 
the future. And I think it's really about that. It's not about living a life of deprivation. It's about really finding that perfect balance. It's not about giving up your brunches with your girlfriends or having, uh, you know, going out to the movies or having a nice dinner or going on vacation. But it's really about uh, being more mindful and intentional. Yeah. And I like that. It feels better that way because I feel like, you know, I'm in my 40s. So 20 years ago, more of the financial advice or tips and tools was more, I mean, yes, savings, but I felt like it was more depriving me of like things I really wanted, you know, like making me feel bad buying my morning tea or coffee or you know like doing some things that feel a bit extravagant but the more I've been listening to you I've been watching you in IG and your stories and some other coaches I'm like you know it's it's it is about like fulfilling things that you want and bring you joy and being financially smart about it so how do you describe financially thriving what does that look like for you yeah, so it really all depends on there's so many people who start off with just trying to survive, right? Mm -hmm. um, we get into adulthood, and you get into college, or even if you decide not to go on to college, and you get your first job, you're just really trying to figure life out, right? There's this whole adulting aspect of it, like trying to afford your living space, your accommodations, your food, transportation, and trying to navigate all of those things, right? So we, we go into survival mode, like, how can I just survive the day to day? And what I think financially thriving is, it's not even it's not just about survival. It's about thriving with all of those life expense uh, experiences, being able to build a life that you can enjoy right now. It's not about depri depriving yourself now so you could live well in the future right? It's mm -hmm. not about sacrificing fun and family time and friend time and vacation. It's not about doing all of those things, uh, or, you know, eliminating all of those things, just so that you can have it in the future. It's really about being able to balance a little bit of both. Um, and I think sometimes what happens is that we don't really understand what the power of time will do for us if we begin taking small steps now. We think perhaps that it takes hundreds and thousands of dollars uh, you know, to, be, to begin building wealth, for example, or to begin building a, a, a place of financial security. And it's those small decisions today with time on your side where really you can um, uh, multiply what that will mean in the future. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And while I, um, a friend is on here, her name is Benita, and she helped me when I was in my early 30s, she took away my credit cards. And it was probably um, the best thing that she could have done for me because I was just spending to spend and not being like, mindful about it or conscious about it. And not that I didn't have, I had the capability of paying off debt and doing what I wanted. I was just like throwing it to the wind without even like really being mindful about, hey, do I really want mm. this? I just bought because I am still a bit of that person that just likes to shop and buy for that high versus mm -hmm. like, let me just think it through. It's not that I can't have it, but is it, I'm getting it because it's like my fix or is that really something I want? So that experience started to help me think about why I'm buying things. It's like, do I really want it? Like, how does it make me feel versus mm -hmm. just buying it because it's like, 
okay, let me just go spend money because I like the quick fix. And also, I love that you say like time. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. I love that point. I could relate to that 100%. In my mind, in my 20s, because I was earning a decent income at a relatively young age, I was like, I'm paying my bills. I'm staying Mm -hmm. out of credit card debt. And I have all of this money left over. So why not splurge, right? And it was just a lack of understanding that, yeah, it's not about, again, deprivation or depriving myself. But it was like, I was mindlessly spending, I was going out to eat all of the time. And it wasn't memorable, right? Like, I couldn't even tell you what I ate four days ago. Um, It was I was buying things that I liked, but didn't love because I had a closet full of things that still had tags on it, right. And so for me, the little light bulb moment was when I um, received in the mail, I don't know when it starts coming. I don't know if it's after a certain amount of time that you worked or a certain age. But I remember in my late 20s receiving a, uh, a letter from the Social Security Administration, and it gives you your uh, lifetime earnings. And this had like my little jobs that I started when I was like 15 years old, <laughs> all the way to my present time. And I added up the total amount of money that had, I had made in my lifetime. And I realized I had nothing to show for it. And that was my wake up moment. Which makes total sense because then it's like me uh, similar. I look at my closet and I'm like, okay, well, great. But like, do I really <laughs> love anything in there? I have tags, I have this, I have that. And mm-hmm. it makes, and I like how um, you're talking about little steps over time. So there's an example, um, acorns. Have you heard of acorns? It like rounds uh-huh. up your money and it just puts mm-hmm. it away. So I have a, my little acorns and I love the name too, acorns. It's like you're stashing away your little, you know, pennies and nickels and whatever. And you would think when I was in my 20s, I was like, whatever, it's a dollar, it's $5, it's $10, $20, whatever, right? And I didn't see the value that over time, that $20 could be a heck of a lot more 20 years mm-hmm. later. So I have my acorns and it just takes it out. I don't even know notice it. And I checked today and I have $1,200 in there. And I was like, do you know what I could do for $1,200? Like, but I'm being really mindful of it now of like, what do I truly want that's going to bring me joy for me to spend my money on versus let me just go and spend it because I have it. Does that make sense? Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, this is this was my story. It was because I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I wasn't uh, riddled with debt, you know, I was really happy that I really avoided getting into credit card debt. So in my mind, I was being responsible, I was quote, unquote, good with money. Um, because I was spending money that was left over after my like bills were taken care of. But it was, again, spending unconsciously, like not thinking about what I was doing. I did it out of boredom. I did it because Mm. I had it. I did it, you know, sometimes I would just literally get in the car and I was like, okay, I need to go put gas in the car. And I would stop by a Marshall's, a Ross, a Nordstrom's Brass, (laughs) the mall. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, let me just stop in to see if I want to buy something without needing anything. And so I was buying to fulfill a a void or like I said, even out of boredom. Um, And there's like this idea that uh, that I had that I was maybe entitled to it or um, 
I think it was also a little part of scarcity mindset. Like I grew up in a lower income family. And so I didn't have a lot of choices, for example, when it came to clothes. And so now that I was making money, I was like, wow, I could really, I don't have to have just like two pairs of jeans and like four tops. I can have like the whole rainbow, <laughs> the whole array. <laughs> and having options felt very empowering to me. What I didn't realize what was the what was happening um, on the other side of that, right? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, uh, what we see from our parents or how we grow up, my mom was very uh, a scarcity person. She like spent all the time, but with no rhyme or reason. And then would out of nowhere say, I hope she listens to this too, out of nowhere would say, um, we can't pay the electric this month. The lights are going to go out. Mm. And I was like, are you like, like things like that. And we lived a very middle-class life. Right. And mm -hmm. I think she just mismanaged. So I've been a bit that way. I'm honest about it. I mismanaged. My husband comes from a, you know, a lower income family. And now that he, you know, he makes good money that, and it's cash based. That's the other mm -hmm. thing. I started mm -hmm. out bartending too, and he's a personal trainer. So when you have cash, I feel like that's even takes more discipline or yeah. mindfulness around because if you have cash, in your pocket that's why now people get so mad at me they're like my sister's always like you never have cash I said because I spend cash <laughs> like, no I, I the like, same way <laughs> you know like cash is just like oh you need a dollar 20 bucks whatever you know um so yeah so oh these are such good tips so for women where where should we start like it doesn't matter your age where you are today what's like step number one for women to start taking you know more control over their finances yeah I think one of the 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 things that we need to begin and it sounds a little woo woo but it's really about your mindset right start thinking about what are the money stories or what is your money story and what is what is some of the money beliefs that you have what were some of the things that you observed from your parents that either directly influence how you spend money or perhaps even indirectly how you spend money? Um, are you hoarding, hoarding and hoarding and not enjoying life? Or are you spending, spending and spending and not really attributing it to any particular goal? So really understanding what is the money story that I believe? Do I think that there's money that comes from, you know, that, I, that money is abundant? Or do I feel like money is scarce? Do I think that the money that I'm making now can all of a sudden be taken away and I'll have nothing? Or do you, you know, so it's like really understanding uh, what are some of the beliefs, what are some of your beliefs surrounding money about the income, about spending? So I would really start there and it might sound a little woo woo, but I think it's really important because we don't realize how um, the people around us affect or have affected what we believe about money. So I would say that would be probably step number one to really sort of have some reflection about what are um, your beliefs around money. Uh, the second thing I would say is to know your numbers. What does that mean, right? Mm -hmm. Some people will uh, know how much their annual salary is, but not really understand what they're bringing home every month. Right. So let's because go. there's this thing called, yeah, FICA, which I, I, <laughs> I, I forgot it was my it was my niece. She just started working and getting like a real paycheck, not like off the books or things like that. Mm -hmm. My niece, Casey. And she said, what is this FICA business? I said, yes, that bitch takes a lot of money like that. Mm -hmm. FICA takes a lot of money out of your pocket. So it's like um, 
Yeah. Like you don't realize that with your first, I remember my first paycheck. Can I tell you real quick? Uh, I was um, 14. This is when you were allowed to like work at 14 on the books at Roy Rogers. And it was $107. Right. And I literally thought I was like rich. I was like, I was in ninth grade. It was $107. I was saving for a car. And it was like the best $107 I ever got in my life. And I feel like that story, like I have, like, I like how you ask, like, what is your money story? What are your belief systems around it? What have you experienced with money? Because then that really shows um, your spending habits and behaviors, mm -hmm. right? Right. Um, but yes, and knowing your number. So there's hidden numbers, like in salaries, you have to pay you know, like insurance. <laughs> right, right, exactly. This is what I'm saying. Like, and even when I ask people, oh, how much do you spend uh, a month or a week on groceries? They'll say, oh, I spend $100 a week, $400 a month on groceries. But until they take a look at what their, you know, their uh, debit card statements are or their credit card statements are, that could be either a lot lower or a lot more, right? Or eating out, they're like, oh, no, 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 yeah, I don't go out that much. And then when they take a look at their seamless and Uber Eats history and all of this stuff, it just adds up. So I think it's really important to sort of understand where what your numbers are, what your total income is, like how much money are you actually bringing in? And I know that this could be difficult for people who have flexible um uh, pay not pay scales but flexible income or varying income right so if you're a business yeah. owner there could be one month that could be a great month and then another month that it's not so great uh, that could also ver vary by seasons but really having a, a clear understanding of what your total income is and then having an understanding of what your basic living expenses are right i uh, i use this phrase we need to learn how to cut the fat and it is known that uh food uh, accommodations, transportation, and taxes eat up the bulk of our uh, income, right? So food, accommodation, taxes, and transportation. So this is why I say we need to learn how to begin to cut the fat. And it's like, if we can begin to understand how much money are we spending on food, this means groceries, but this also means going out and all of those little things, that $5 coffee here, that, you know, $2 candy bar there, uh, that mm -hmm. eating out with friends and family, like, so really understand what your food um, budget is or your food spending is and see if there's a way to to begin to reduce that. I had a habit, a terrible habit, where I used to buy a lot of groceries, um, a lot of fresh produce, and it would just go to waste. And so I would buy, you know, with all well intentions to eat healthier, eat better, and then all of a sudden, I'm just throwing away fruits and vegetables that I hadn't gotten to. And, um, you know, just had terrible food waste. Same thing with accommodations, right? One thing that tends to happen is that we, as we increase our income, um, we want to increase our lifestyle, right? We want to move into a bigger apartment, have a nicer house, upgrade our car. Um, and it's okay. You know, there, 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 it's not to say that those things are not possible and that you shouldn't do those things. But what other goals can you achieve? What other financial goals could you achieve if you stayed in your one bedroom, decent apartment instead of moving into a two bedroom luxury high rise, right? Um, because it's not about, again, not deprivation, 
um, because what you want to do with that money that you're saving, it's not just to keep it, um, you know, to, 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 to spend and not do anything. It's about building wealth. So if we can work on those four items, uh, reducing your food, your accommodation, your transportation, and your tax bills, um, this is one of the best ways that you can have extra money so that you can be begin building that financial security. Yeah, that makes sense. Because with food, I same thing, I've bought so much produce that goes to waste, right? So then I've been way more mindful because also this past year, I don't know if anyone else noticed, I mean, I'm a big Trader Joe's girl, I'm there every Sunday morning, um, that my bill has gone up like 30 bucks. And mm. I'm like, what am I buying that is so different? So I've been like more conscious about that. And um, while I always I do like fresh as well, but I've been doing a little more frozen because I don't eat it that fast. Like, I don't eat it fast enough, right, to keep right. it. Um, but that's a good point. Like that, And I don't think people are as aware of how much they're really spending. So the same thing. I'm like, oh, I eat out about twice a week. And then I'm like, oh, that's, that's not true. I eat about, like, three or four. Right? And right. it's like, but in my mind, it's only twice. <laughs> but in right. my wallet, it's not. And I also think that the banks are helping you out a lot more with that. Because I know with my credit, it gives me a nice little chart. And it tells me mm. where my money's going, right? Or um, Bank of America I have, which also I read, I don't know if you have opinions on banks. But um that this person was like, it's the worst bank ever. Anyway, I just have them. And they give me a little chart too. And they're like, oh, your spending's a little high this month. I was like, oh, whatever, Bank of America. But that's right, <laughs> if I have to <laughs> pay attention to these things. <laughs> yeah, and okay. again, it's about being aware, right? It's just kind yeah. of taking and, and just being aware, like, wait a minute, what can I do? It's small steps. What are some small steps that I can make today, this week? so that um, I can cut in some of those bigger areas. Because I think after this past year, uh, which has been, you know, one hell of a year, that having some financial stability really will keep your mind clear. So, you know, my company, I, uh, my day job here, this is my wallpaper, my office, um, we, you know, there was pay cuts. And, you know, I'm thankful that I was still employed, and still, you know, had insurance and all these things. But having not that, you know, some stability beforehand, because I wasn't, a, I was spending a little frivolously here and there without being conscious of it, brought up a whole lot of anxiety, and a lot, mm. a lot of additional money stories that I feel, um, I need to look at and unpack right now, especially from the past year. Like I feel like th there's people in my building that can't pay their rent, you know, or something like that. And I think that this is a time to start reflecting around your money story and what the past year has done to you because not everybody is like Bezos and became, you know, multiple billionaire. Some people really had a very struggling year. Yeah, and this also talks to the point of making sure you have some sort of cash reserve, a savings fund, yeah. an emergency fund. Like if 2020 taught us anything, it was that there were a lot of jobs that we thought were safe that would never be affected, and it wasn't true, right? Um, I know for yeah. me, my husband and I always, um, we prioritize making sure we had an, a nice savings account and uh, that would cover us if we were to lose our jobs. And when 2020 came, I'm 
extremely fortunate that we were able to maintain our jobs, but we were nervous. We didn't know <laughs> what was going to happen, you know? Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, we only have X amount of money in the bank to cover our living expenses should something happen. And so what we did in 2020 was really increase uh, what we 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 kept in a savings account because when we talk about emergencies, it's not just loss of income. Is if, for example, if you have a relative who is going to, is ill and you want to take time off of work, not being able to mm. think about wow, if I do this, I'm not going to be able to pay my own rent. I'm not going to be able to pay my own thing, and I can't go and take care of them or I can't go visit them. And so it's really. Um, have building this this financial security blanket, right? We know life is going to happen. If you own a house, your roof can <laughs> have roof damage, right? There could be a fire. Um, your car could get into a vehicle, you know, you could get into a vehicle accident. Um, like so many things can happen. And so being able to make sure that you have a cash reserve, some savings fund, an emergency fund for when life happens is also going to give you some financial peace about um, about your your financial circumstances. And it's incredibly important. Yeah, I think the peace is probably the biggest thing that now I'm taking away from like 2020 is having peace of mind about the, you know, my financial state, because there I for me, it's incredibly stressful money, you know, mm -hmm. like, because I wasn't prepared. I'm being totally honest on here. I wasn't prepared for that. And now, I mean, at least I'm learning. At least I'm learning. At least I'm talking to you and, you know, like taking your tips and tools and watching you on IG and, um, and, and implementing. But I wasn't as like, I wasn't prepared as I would have liked to be. So that increased my anxiety over the past like year. Mm. Like, and, you know, I think that's hard for people. It was hard anyway. Are you going to get sick? That's the thing. Like, hey, do I want to go and take a month off to take care of like my mom? Or if you have a child and you want to be, you know, it just, I feel like having that security is more than just being, um, oh, wait, I want to go buy something or go on vacation. It actually mm -hmm. can help you in life as like a human yeah. being, like with your family and friends that I think I was missing that part. I always... I, I just thought savings was for like vacations or fancy cars <laughs> or like this or that. And you're putting it in the perspective that I would love the young small talk community to understand for women that it also gives us freedoms to be there for others, you know, and to support communities. Yeah. And I would love to do that for like my parents or, you know what I'm saying? Does, is that making sense that I, you've opened up my eyes to seeing it in a much more in-depth way than just materialistic money. Yeah, I love that. You know, one of the things that you just bring up is that so I had this belief too that the reason why I was saving money, right, for my short-term goals was to spend it. I was saving <laughs> to go on vacation in the summer. I was saving to buy a fancy luxury handbag. I was saving, you know, to, you know, perhaps upgrade my wardrobe. And that's okay. Those saving for those short-term goals or those short-term wants, nothing wrong with it. But that is something very different than saving for when life happens. That is something very different from what an emergency fund is. It is generally exactly for that, for emergency. And I don't think that you are the only person, um, because even for me in 2020, it was very eye-opening about, okay, is $1,000 going to cover you know, a loss of income 
uh, for a month or a week or six months um, because we just didn't know. And of course, 2020 was kind of a very weird situation. And I hope it's a once in a lifetime thing, but something like that could happen, right? Like something Mm -hmm. like that could happen. We can walk out of our apartments, our homes right now, and something could happen that we might lose our income. Anything from a, uh, you know, um, uh, cutting, uh, I think you mentioned that there were um, some layoffs and some decrease in income just because of something that happened. So being able to have an emergency fund, that it's exactly for that, for life emergencies, to be able to take care of you if you have a loss of income or be able to take care of others if you have a loss of income without consideration for for um, what happens with my job, right? That you're, you're, you're well taken care of. But then there is, oh, it's okay. And I encourage you to have a separate savings account for those short-term goals, right? For those things that you want to buy. Right now, my husband and I are saving money to have a bathroom remodel, right? We don't have to do it. We're saving little by little. Um, and that's a, just a want that we want to do. And so saving for those short-term goals is really important. But there's also some long-term goals, right? Uh, because yeah. what will future you need in five years, 10 years, in 30 years. Like imagine this face with wrinkles and gray hair. Like what yeah. will future me need? Well, my short-term little goal setting on acorns will make sure I don't have those wrinkles. <laughs> I'm like spilling my beans. What my acorns are buying me is like, you know, a little bit of youth. But that's 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 another Love story. Um, that's it. So yeah, I so and it's funny that you say I like how you're saying, okay, so I have a short term goal kind of savings, I have an emergency or long term. Um, mm-hmm. But now that I'm thinking of it in new ways, I'm like, what is my short term goal little mm-hmm. acorns funds going to be like, what is going to really bring me joy? What am I real? So going back to like, what's my money story? And be conscious around like, okay, I have this little nugget of money. Um, what would I really want? Like really, really want. So I'm going to think about that more. Thank you for this. So just to recap real quick, one, you said um, step one for women to start with their money story. Reflect on that, right? Like what is your story? What is your beliefs and value system around money? Two, you talked about um, knowing your numbers. That's perfect. Like literally knowing your numbers, not guessing them. Oh, I think I spent a hundred. No, like go in your bank account. Mm-hmm. write that down right it could be very mm-hmm. easy just start, just write it down right um reducing some areas right food mm-hmm. transportation accommodation taxes taxes uh, oh taxes yes that's why i do my fsa i <laughs> have to tell everyone do a flexible spending account that thing is like so good to have you go to the doctor swipe you know like you don't even really think about um, and then I like you just ended with save for when life happens to have multiple saving accounts, like a little short term, long term goals. Can I sneak in from you one more little tip? Yeah, yeah, sure. Did, was there a specific question? Do you want me to give you one? <laughs> no, you can give me one. <laughs> okay, so here's one thing. When we talk about long term goals, saving money isn't enough. 
And so what you want to do is begin to build wealth through investing. And there's different ways to invest. You can invest in real estate, like being a landlord and have cash flowing property. You can invest in the stock market. You can invest in businesses like an angel investor or be an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and build wealth that way. But when we talk about long-term um, savings, and I'm talking about those things for 10, 20, 30 years from now, saving money isn't going to be quite enough. What you want to do is use something called compound interest in your favor and let the markets, whatever market you decide to, to choose, uh, you decide on to really do the heavy lifting for you. Um, and, you know, here's one example that I give when people say when really trying to understand the difference between saving and investing, right? Um, there's something called the rule of 72 and you can just kind of Google it, right? It's called the rule of 72. And it talks about if your money is earning about 1% interest. So if we think about like a savings account and you're mm -hmm. lucky right now, if it earns 1%, it would take 72 years for your money to double at 1% interest, right? So if you have $1,000 and you want that $1,000 to grow to $2,000 at a 1% interest, it would take 72 years. So I'd be dead. Okay. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but when we think about the stock market and, and, you know, most people, when they come to me, they say, yes, okay. So I, I know I have to invest, but uh, like, what should I invest in? And the first thing that I say that will help with something we mentioned earlier with taxes as well is really taking advantage of your retirement plans, right? Mm -hmm. Like your 401k, your 403b, uh, Roth IRA. Um, those vehicles, those are investment vehicles or retirement vehicles that you can invest in. And so start really contributing there. And so going back to the rule of 72, when we think about what the average stock market does over the long term, it averages about a 10% return. Okay. In 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, the stock market on average went up 17%. So again, mm -hmm. we think about a 1% return. Um, yeah. It would take 72 years to double. And uh, I don't, I, unfortunately, I don't have my little chart in front of me, but I believe it would take something like uh, with an 8% return, it would take about seven years to double. And so it just kind of gives you that understanding of the power of investing. So if we're, if we're thinking about, okay, at seven or 8%, it takes, you know, seven years to double and the stock market on average does about 10%. Imagine what were to happen if you would consistently invest. Mm -hmm. And like I said, the easiest place to start is really taking advantage of a plethora of choices that you have for your 401k uh, uh, for retirement. So 401k, nice. 403b, Roth IRAs, things like that. It's the, the easiest way. Yeah, the easier for sure. And I tell all, uh, you know, 20 something year olds when they start out, I said, just put it away, just just start it, you won't even notice it's gone. And then you know, mm -hmm. in years to come, you'll be like, Oh, my God, I have all this money in here, right? And it's just like, yeah. so fun to see. Yeah, right. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, 
but uh, we've already, you sort of talked about each of those things, um, but I just want, I talk a lot about investing because it was something that I didn't really understand. I thought it was something reserved for the ultra wealthy. It was something mm. that I thought you needed thousands of dollars to begin with. But if you, the earlier you begin, the earlier you're, you start, uh, the more that that money can grow on based on compound interest and, you know, I never thought like being wealthy was never part of my vocabulary, right? When we talked about your money story and the people that you surround yourself with, because my definition of wealthy, I inter interchange that with being rich, right? If you have a luxury vehicle, if you have a mansion, if you can buy all of the fancy things, that's how I just, how, what I thought wealthy, what being wealthy meant. And what I realized is that there's something secret out there, and it's not all that secret, right? Is if you <laughs> begin to, to grow your money, right, by taking advantage of those, um, uh, uh, of things like investments. And like I said, the stock market may not be for you. You can invest in real estate and businesses and things like that. But it's really taking one step at a time, because that is what's going to allow you to build um, a, a wealthy life where it's going to, for my, my definition of wealth or being um, wealthy is uh, being financially independent so that I don't have to depend on a paycheck so that if my job gets too tough and too hard, I'm not worried because my investments will be there to take care of me. And so that is what I'm building on and being able to be work optional. I love that term, right? So mm -hmm. I could work if I wanted to, but I don't have to work if I don't. But how does that, how do you do that? How do you, how are you able to be, have that financial security? Um, it's really making the small steps today. It doesn't take these huge things. You don't have to start with investing, you know, thousands of dollars a month, like start with a hundred dollars, start with 200, whatever, wherever you can just begin. That's awesome ending. Just start women. Ladies, just start because we want to be financially independent. And I'd like you thank you for talking about rich and wealth because I think I have that in my mind set as well. That's been a belief of mine that rich yeah. So thank you for explaining that. That was very helpful. This conversation has been so incredibly helpful. Oh my God. Love every everything. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Wally. This was awesome. Um, and I'm thinking that this might lead into a bonus episode. So lately, Beyond Small Talk, we have bonus episodes that you can only catch on Apple uh, Podcasts. So, um, oh, my friend Cheryl. Yeah, hi, Cheryl. You're always late. That's okay. You can catch us again on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or YouTube and watch Wally Miller and all of these tips and tools were so great. And thank you for sharing your stories as well. That really um, helps make finances not so scary and like that's for other people that it's for all of us <laughs> yeah absolutely money doesn't have to be scary and overwhelming right we need to sort of again when we think about our money mindset our money stories is really take control and it can feel scary but once you gain the knowledge you feel powerful for sure thank you that's a perfect way to end thank you so much and can you tell everybody where we could find you yeah, thank you so much, Jackie, for having me. I love being part of this conversation. I am, you can find me here on Instagram, financially underscore thriving, or find me on my website, which is financially.com or financiallythriving.com. Sorry. And I'm <laughs> I'll add that. that 
Yeah, and I'm financially <laughs> underscore thriving. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I will include that in the post here and share that with everyone. Uh, don't forget to catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. Bye.